This is the Skies Blue Podcast. Takes the ball down, puts Chesterfield into the lead in this FA Cup fifth round tie. He put it to the goalkeeper's right. The goalkeeper died flat. The crowd go In case you didn't know, Chesterfield might be playing the European Champions at the weekend, so we thought, well, we can talk about it. So welcome to the Sky is the podcast special, and it's extra special today, because we've got a guest as well. Not only is there me, Phil Julie Paul Fisher, Daryl Carpenter, Stuart Basson, we've got the Derbyshire Times' very own Liam Northcliffe, Northcliffe who uh, has already put his uh, neck on the block by naming the team. Liam, you've gone for... Uh, 
a, a slightly different change, dropping Miller, one of the potential man of the match contenders against um, Kings Lynn the other day. So you're thinking on your first eleven. I have. I've gone. I've gone early on this one. Um, I just think in that case I've gone for Alex Whittle to move to left wing back just because they are playing the European champions and I think they will uh, have to park the bus basically and I think Calvin Miller could be a good option to have off the bench with his pace and his trickery Um, and it's very hard well it would be very harsh to drop Alex Whittle uh, in my opinion, I think he's been absolutely brilliant in the last uh, last few weeks or so. Uh, obviously, Tyrone Williams is cup tied, so I've put Fraser Kerr into the back three uh, with alongside Gavin Gunning and Jamie Grimes. I think Jamie Grimes will come back in onto that left of the of the three. King on the right, uh, Whittle on the left, as I've previously said, with. Oyelecki and uh, Curtis Weston in the middle. Kellerman as part of that midfield three, but not quite as further forward as he has been um, in the number 10. And then Liam Mandeville just behind uh, Shimanga. So uh, more of a 3-5-2 uh, this, uh, this week. Um, so, yeah, that's, I've gone early. That's my, uh, that's my predicted lineup. And because you're allowed nine substitutes as well, I think there are nine left. As well, yeah. but, uh, because people might be wondering about Joe Rowley being fit, but of course he's cup tied. He played for Kings Lynn in the uh, FA Cup as well. So th- there are nine if you assume that Crowell and Maguire are going to be fit enough to uh, uh, be involved. To be honest, even if they're not quite fit enough with, with, with nine subs, it'd be great if they were actually physically sitting down there on the touchline at Stamford Bridge, wouldn't it really? So, uh, well, Stuart, you know, what do you think the Chelsea team will be? <laughs> Liam sorted us out on Chesterfield. Come on. I could just about name you after the Chelsea team that played in the 1970 Cup final, but the, the older I get and the more distant Premiership football gets to what I watch, then I'm afraid the less interested I am in it. And I couldn't honestly tell. I mean, Lukaku might play, but he's been in the news, hasn't he? Uh, I suppose he might be given a punishment um, selection. Um, but other than that, I uh, I can't honestly tell you who plays for them. You know, let them worry about us. No, I, I, and, and, <laughs> and I sympathise exactly with what you're saying, Stuart. Yeah. You know, I've, uh, I mean, years ago, I'd have had the Rothmans and I'd have known, you yeah. know, the, the 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 squads of all of well of all the <laughs> of all the clubs in the football league, probably. And you, I can see you've got them on on your wall behind you on your picture and all of that. But yeah, uh, and, I, I, and, you know, and, uh, no, it's not, it's not a picture. That's real, Stuart. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and just to put just to put Stuart's um, role in the modern world, it's not actually been called Rothman since 1993-94 season. <laughs> well, there you go. It's probably the last time I bought one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, uh, th- there you go. But but you know, Daz, they've got Tottenham three times this this month, twice in the League Cup semi-finals, once in the Premier League, they've they've got the likes of Man City and uh, everybody as well to to play. Do you think with all the COVID hit that the manager might just say to the under twenty three manager, "Go on, you're in charge, play your lads." Um, I would have done had he not had such a rocky last month. Um, I, I think it's 
this match might be quite important to uh, Tuchel, the way it's going, because you know how ruthless Abramovich can be. Um, he likes silverware, and Chelsea have a fantastic record in the FA Cup over the last 10 years or so. It always, it's almost one of their stock will get to the final of that one. Uh, so I don't think he'll be as tempted to make as many changes as perhaps we might hope. Um, and bringing in the kids, but whichever eleven he puts out will be a, a good side, won't it? And probably too good for us, in all honesty. Um, but I, yeah, I think I think he's taken on a bit more significance for them than he might have done a week or two ago. No, I, I absolutely see where you're uh, you're coming from there, uh, Daz. But but Paul, whoever they put out, there's going to be some pretty decent footballers because. You know, even if it is some of the youngsters coming in, teams like Chelsea have the the pick of the bunch, don't they? Not not just across the UK, but across uh, Northern Europe as well and Africa. Oh, absolutely, they um, they have fifty odd players in their in their squad. You know, they can uh, loan most of them out. They name the twenty five man Premier League squad, and then have uh, squads for everything else as well. So you know, they uh, pick the best of of Europe, and then rather than coming through their system with a lack of game time, they loaned them out to the rest of rest of Europe and clubs and all around the the world as well, just to get their, uh, just to get their experience and, and whatnot. And some of the, the players that have, have played in Europe are starting to sort of push through, even if they don't get uh, regular games at Chelsea, they'll get a game somewhere else in the Premier League. They're that of uh, that good a standard, you know, you see players like Trevor Chalabo starting on a regular basis now for, for Chelsea, you know, coming through the ranks. And, and although he's probably going to miss tomorrow night's game against Spurs, but he, he might be fit for um, Saturday. You just don't know. But, you know, you're looking at the bench as well. They've got Aretha Balaga, the top goalkeeper uh, there as well. Jorginho, one of the best players in the world as well on the bench. We're kind of getting the starting 11 against Liverpool. Saul. Um, who's a, a dominant midfielder for Atletico Madrid over years? Ross Barkley, you know, he's he's almost definitely going to play, isn't he? Callum Hudson Odoi as well, players like that, you know. So that's just on the bench against against Liverpool. It's frightening. It'd be interesting to see what side he puts out tomorrow night against Spurs in the first round of the um, Carabao Cup, um, and we'll see what obviously knock-on effect from that game will be for Chesterfield on Saturday. Well, of course, Chelsea in crisis with these with these teams at the top end. You know, crisis is a sort of an away draw at Man United, isn't it? Really, they've only lost three <laughs> games all season. They're on beaten run of eight. The teams that have beaten them are Man City at home. Gabriel Jesus scored the winner there, and they've lost two away away games. One at Juventus and one at West Ham, who are having a phenomenal uh, <laughs> uh, season. And uh, I, di- I didn't know that the winner they 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 lost three two to West Ham, but the winner was scored by. Uh, uh, Masuaka of West Ham who is a Democratic Republic of uh, the Congo International where does Cabby come from because uh, he's, he's a DRC man so could we the only reason why winners? they've only lost sorry Phil the only reason why they've only lost three times this season is because I haven't played Woking yet isn't it <laughs> <laughs> that's right <laughs> uh, absolutely now, now Liam what, what are you hoping for from Chelsea are you hoping they play a really strong side, so the Chesterfield players can pitch themselves against the best. Or are you hoping that they play, uh, you know, a, a, a team of teenagers and twenty-year-olds that gives Chesterfield a shout? 
Yeah, so it's a tricky one to uh, to judge, isn't it? Because, of course, James Rowe always says that he wants the best players to be on the pitch for his team and for the opposition. Uh, whether that's true or not is, is probably up for debate. But uh, in, in this case, Chesterfield's players will, on one hand, they'll want to come up against some of the best players in the world to try and test themselves. And, and it'll be an opportunity for, for Chesterfield fans to also see those players in action at live. But at the same time, if you're thinking about maybe trying to pull off a shock or or keep this at least keep the scoreline down, then you you probably are hoping that Chester uh, that Chelsea feel maybe a mix of of under 23s and and fringe players. Um, I've actually exchanged a few uh, messages with a, a journalist who covers Chelsea, and and that's his uh, take on it that it will be quite a large majority of under 23s players with some fringe players like uh, like Barkley and, and, and Sol, um, maybe Chalaber in there if, if he overcomes his hamstring injury. Possibly Timo Werner as well. He's on his way yeah. back from COVID. He was coming so back, yeah. He could be a, um, well, he, he could be probably maybe the big, the biggest name that Chelsea might, might field. Um, so I suppose it depends which way you look at it. Do you want to See the stars, but maybe lose six, seven, eight nil, or <laughs> you want to maybe get a, a some sort of uh, result or or a, a proud performance and maybe lose by the odd goal. It's a difficult one to judge, isn't it? Well, I'm sure, Daz, that uh, if there are a sprinkling of of those household name sort of players in there that you'll have to beat Mad Gav for the uh, to get to the one for the swir- shirt swap at the end of the uh, the, the match. He'll he'll be wanting the the ones that we that, that we know. I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I wouldn't argue with him at any time. To be honest, if he wants my shirt, he can have it. Um, no, it's it's going to be interesting. Um, they've only won one of the last six home games in all mm. competitions, and that was courtesy of two late penalties against Leeds. Who aren't exactly pulling up many trees. Um, it's easy to scoff, but they are having a bit of a wobble. And they're under pressure. And the Lukaku thing in the last few days has not helped at all. Um, I mean, I, I don't know if any of you caught the game at the weekend. It was a fantastic game. Brilliant of game. Yeah. I mean, Brilliant. one of the best, one of the best of the year. Um, in fact, for a few Already? Yeah, yeah, exactly. It was a belter. But uh, someone made the point during the commentary that Chelsea don't usually play at that pace. And um, I've certainly not seen them play at that pace. If they play like that, we, we could have got a good idea. But yeah. they'll, they'll not pick that 11. I don't think they'll play with that intensity. Um, and I think a bit like Liam suggested with his team selection, we won't let them either. Because the one thing you can be sure of is that James Rowe will have a plan. Um, and it will be a plan to contain and then try and hurt them when we've got possession. What we're going to have to do is something we haven't done well in, in the last few weeks ourselves, and that's keep the ball. Yeah. Or route one, we know the circumstances surrounding that, but we're not playing anywhere near the quality of football we were earlier in the season. And if you give the ball back to a side like that, whoever they put out, um, 
it'll take a long time to get it back. So when you get it, you've got to keep it. You've got mm. to shift the composure and be brave on the ball. I know that's a, the, the expression they use, but you have got to be brave on the ball. Um, and we've got some decent footballers, but they, they're going to have to keep that ball. Otherwise, it'll just be a constant. We'll be camped in our 18-yard box and it'll be a constant bombardment. And eventually you crack, don't you? So I, th I think we've got to go with purpose. Um, if we don't, we'll get a good idea. I think if we go with a little bit of ambition and a plan, which I'm sure he'll have, you know, who knows? If you get the first goal, anything could happen. Because I tell you what, their fans will be... It's going to be a full house, isn't it? They've sold all their allocation. Uh, their fans will not be very happy if we can get our noses in front. It might be very interesting. No, no, I, uh, absolutely. And I'm sure that Chesterfield will be desperate to, to come out of the traps quickly and try and get uh, that, that, that first goal for sure. Uh, and of course, yep. That, that the, the team that can be selected, whatever level from Chelsea's perspective, they'll all be master technicians as well. They'll all be good at keeping the, yeah. the football. That's uh, that's for sure. My, my personal wish in the Chelsea team is that Kante plays. I absolutely think he's terrific, obviously, from his Leicester City days. Yeah. Uh, uh, and, and, and I used to love Makaleli as well, who who played uh, played that, that holding and, and bursting out. The Chelsea seem to have some really good players in that position. And Kante's, I, I think, as a, as a person, from what I read about him, and the style of football that he plays. He's only a relatively small fella, isn't he? He yeah. is uh, uh, the, the, the bee's knees for me. Well, uh, Stuart, we've we, we played Chelsea a number of times before, not since 1950 in the mm -hmm. FA Cup, um, when we got a creditable draw at Saltergate before losing the, the replay. Um, also played them, we gave away home advantage, I think, back in 1911 as well in, in the Cup. Is that right? That's right, yes, yes. Uh, Chelsea paid us the uh, final sum of £700 to switch the match to Stamford Bridge. They didn't fancy coming up here. Um, I, think, I think we scored, scored first in that game, in a, a game that we eventually lost 4-1. We, we have been yeah. tonked 7-1 in the league there back in the 19-0-what's-its. But, of course, mm. the very first team to win at Stamford Bridge um, yeah. was a team that included the score of the first... Goal to beat Chelsea at Stamford Bridge. Joe Ball, Joseph uh, Ball, mm -hmm. scored against Bill Fatty Fout, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. Um, back in the, uh, the the days of the Lucky White shirts, was it 1905-6, was it? Something like yes. that? Um, yeah, the first visiting side to win at Stamford Bridge um, because, of course, they'd, the, the club had just basically been manufactured to take a place in the Football League, hadn't it, over that summer? Um, and I think they'd won their first three or four or something like that, or at least remained unbeaten. And then we went there and uh, beat them by the odd goal. Yeah, yeah. yeah the second say, team pretty year later, but go on. Yeah, the se the second team uh, to beat them at Stamford Bridge was uh, Gainsborough Trinity. So they <laughs> <laughs> they don't don't do well against such uh, su such teams. That's for sure. Mm. Now they they they'd been formed in 05. The Mears family had bought the area of ground where Stamford Bridge is. And um, they they considered a number of different names for Chelsea before they settled on Chelsea because technically it's in Fulham. Mm. There was already a Fulham there. They looked at things like Stamford Bridge FC, London FC, before deciding on uh, on, on Chelsea, which um, obviously they've uh, they've retained that that name ever since. Uh, and, and you know in history, four there's only been four Chesterfield players ever scored against Chelsea. Joe Ball, who I mentioned there. Arthur Taylor scored in the 7-1 defeat. A guy called Teddy Revel 
in the FA Cup 4-1 defeat and Jack Thompson was the last man to score in that 1-1 draw in 19, 1950. So uh, there'll be plenty of lads looking to add themselves to that pretty short list. Paul, you know, um, it's generated so much interest in in the area. I know BBC Radio Sheffield uh, are doing big build-up, aren't they, over the next, next few days. It, it does seem to have captured everybody's imagination. Yeah, it does. I mean, that's uh, it's good. It's good to get some positive uh, talk about uh, Chesterfield um, in particular and bringing out memories of uh, 25 years ago, of course, um, the 1997 uh, Cup run, 96-97 Cup run. So 25 years from that as well, although this might be a, a bit of a brief Cup run. We've already played three games prior to, uh, prior to this one, but you never know. And yeah, get everybody talking about it. It's going to be on on television, albeit not through your uh, your ordinary channels, but it, it will be on. Um, and it is gaining uh, a lot of traction, isn't it, in interest? And, yeah, top of the National League, up against, uh, you know, uh, the uh, um, Champions League winners. Uh, you know, it is an intriguing battle, isn't it? Um, I think it's going to be uh, interesting for most of the media counterparts, isn't it, just to see how Chesterfield can progress against them, not expecting anything uh, other than an absolute hammering but you know um i, I think uh, media interest will be will be very interesting i don't know if you've had to fend off any uh, any interviews a lot liam at all but uh, but yeah i imagine uh, it's going to be quite interesting well i'm sure liam when you've been talking to your uh, counterparts at chelsea one of the questions you've probably asked is about the facilities in the the press box i'm, I'm sure we'll be able to watch it on telly as well as live at the same time won't we <laughs> absolutely i've already uh I've already been asking the, the most important question, and that is, what is the press food going to be like? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yes, what did they say? Come on, I need to know. I'm Paul. <laughs> well, uh, several of uh, my colleagues over at the uh, Sheffield Star who cover Sheffield United have obviously been in the last few years say it's absolutely unreal. Oh, really? <laughs> okay. Really? Well, the best yeah. I've had is at Wolves. Uh, that, that, uh, I can't remember. I think I had. I can't remember what actually what I had actually, but I just remember just being the one at Wolves was absolutely sensational. Oh well, there you go. So uh, um, now I, I I I had a nice one at Huddersfield one time when they just moved to the what was the McAlpine Stadium, and that was for a football league versus Italian league match for all things that I you know, just sort of uh, went up to. But but have you been fielding a lot of questions because all these national journalists who cover. Chelsea Liam, of course, will know nothing about Chesterfield. They'll remember the 1997 FA Cup uh, semi-final. That's about it, I bet. Yeah. So when I when I got in touch with them to see what their predicted lineups are and, and certain uh, other different bits and bobs that they have, you know, they, they want to know about Chesterfield as well. I think they're going to get back to me later on in the week. They've obviously got a busy fixture schedule at the minute, playing Liverpool last Sunday and then Spurs tomorrow night. So at the minute they've got got their hands full and on other matters and obviously the Lukaku situation has, has been keeping them busy. But yeah, they're, they're planning on getting back in touch as the week goes on. And uh, yeah, I can't wait to fill them in on uh, on, on Mad Gav, etc. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know if anybody realised, but we have got a man in our squad, Chesterfield squad, who has played at Stamford Bridge in an FA Cup third round tie before. Any offers? I can go with that. I've only been looking at it the other day. So Scott Loach is yeah. uh, playing in the FA Cup third round, and unfortunately, he was on the wrong end of a wrong end of a bit of a, a, a tonking win. 
Yeah, five five nil. He was playing for Watford. Five nil. <laughs> so uh, I think the likes of uh, Lampard and Co in the uh, in the side that day, weren't they? So uh, yeah, I've just watched yeah. the goals. Lampard scored an absolute screamer. Oh, did he? Oh, no oh, chance, they're on, yeah. they're on, on YouTube. Are they? On will, YouTube, uh, yeah. And he did play them a, a, um, at Vicarage Road as well in the FA Cup and lost three uh, one in, <laughs> in a different season as well. So he's got. He's got uh, a few memories of, of that. And, you know, what if Chesterfield lost 5 0? It wouldn't be a disgrace at all, would it, really? Yeah. If Especially if it was a very, very strong uh, side. But, um, yeah, I, I, and I'm sure that he'll be telling people what, what it's all about. But as, as one of you have said, whoever it was said earlier on, you know, I think it was Daz, that the FA Cup is one of their little toys, isn't it, really? Yeah. And uh, they do like to, to they, they, you know, they. The last five teams they've lost to in the FA Cup were Leicester in the semi-final, Arsenal in the final, Man United, Arsenal in the final, and Everton. That's since they lost 4-2 to Bradford City in that famous comeback match back in 2015. So, uh, yeah, they've won the FA Cup eight times. And bearing in mind, the first time was when Danny Webb's dad, Dave, scored in 1970 against Leeds in the replay. Um, It's been them, Arsenal, Manchester United, that seem to have... Just pass it around between themselves, don't they, Daz? Yeah, yeah. It's um, it's going to be an interesting old day, isn't it? Um, it really is. It's 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 hard to get your head round sometimes when you think you you've drawn away to the European champions. It's um, I was I was talking to a, a pal of mine who's a big Chelsea fan. His dad was the same, and uh, I said, "When did you last play a non-league team in the cup?" He couldn't remember. Hmm. You couldn't remember, and I haven't looked back myself to, to see when it was, but in living memory, I can't remember, and I've been I've been watching football 50-odd years. Um, so it, it, it is a bit of a one-off for them. They paid the odd lower league side. I think Scunthorpe were drawn away to them a few years ago at Chelsea, and certainly the, the Bradford one, which obviously they haven't forgotten. Yeah, Macclesfield. Uh, Macclesfield um, was that in the FA Cup or was that the league when Tommy Lee played and got Tommy, sent off yeah. for a pen in Shevchenko? Yeah, um, but the non-league teams, he, he couldn't get his head around, and I certainly can't remember one. Um, I mean, a lot of the other um, big sides, Man United played Burton when they were still non-league, and you know, one or two others, haven't they? But no, not mm. not. See, they seem to uh, they seem to always have a home draw. It tends mm. to be against a lower league club, and as you say, only go out to one of the other top six. So. Yeah, we, we've got a hands full. There's no, no two ways about well, it. The, well, the thing is, for a team like Chelsea, who in, inevitably start off in the, the the third round, there aren't many non-league clubs. There's only, there's only three non-league clubs going yeah. into the third round this year. So you've got to then draw them. So, yeah. you know, the, if three is a typical number of non-league clubs in the third round, there's, there's, there's 92, well, there's 48 top division clubs and, and then League One or League Two guys in. So, you know, Mathematically, the chances are, uh, are are low of drawing a non-league team. But I, I was having, I've had a look at how many instances that non-league teams have have beaten top division sides because apparently there was football before the Premier League, which I uh, I didn't know about. I won't hear of it. And uh, um, there's only been two non-league teams beaten Premier League teams. Most recently, Lincoln won at Burnley. Yeah. And uh, the the fir- you should know, Stuart, the first non-league team to beat a Premier League side, who they were? Uh, 
Was it when Luton were non league? It was Luton against yeah. Norwich City in 2013, yeah. yeah. But um, since multiple divisions in the Football League, so 100 years ago, when, mm. when Div 3 North, Div 3 South started, because, of course, in the early days, there was either no divisions, one division or two divisions. So yeah. it was a common occurrence for non-league teams to be league mm. teams. Spurs won the Cup as a non-league team in, a, in, in the early part of the 20th century. But the list's not very long. There's only, since in the last 100 years, since four divisions have been around, uh, there's only been nine occasions, those two that we mentioned. Then, reasonably recently, Sutton beat Coventry. Hereford, yeah. mm. of course, against Newcastle with the famous yeah. Ronnie Radford goal. Then the others, Altrincham beat Birmingham. Birmingham, yeah. Uh, Wimbledon beat Burnley. Everybody thinks about Wimbledon beating Leeds, but Leeds weren't, I don't think, or, or did they draw with Leeds, wasn't it? Yeah. 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 Wimbledon beat Burnley. Yeovil beat Sunderland, in which is always put up as one of the massive, yeah. massive shocks. Mm. Uh, and, and possibly, if Chesterfield do beat Chelsea, it could be the biggest shock since then uh, in that uh, yeah. mm. capacity. Because Sunderland mm. were absolute dogs what's it then, weren't they? Colchester mm. beat Huddersfield, which doesn't sound very exciting. <laughs> <laughs> and then the, fir- the first one since the multiple, multiple divisions was Corinthians beat Blackburn Rovers. In uh-huh. So uh, there you go. So Chesterfield looking to become the 10th side. And, of course, it's Chesterfield's first visit to a top-flight side in the FA Cup for 50 years, exactly 50 years, Stoke City in 72. Uh, we've played top-flight teams in the League Cup, yeah. but Liverpool haven't won or two others. But in the FA Cup, it's uh, there. And I suspect, Daz, you were at that match, were you not? <laughs> I was. I was. Yeah. Uh, one of my abiding memories as a kid was... Uh, we arrived, Dad being Dad, and of course it was pre-Saturn days, we arrived at the Victoria Ground on the dank January afternoon. And as we uh, we parked miles away and we're walking up to the ground late, um, and all you can hear is these oohs and ahs, and I'm thinking, oh God, we're getting a paste in. <laughs> and we went in the first gate we got to, and it happened to be on the Boothen end, which was quite exciting. Um, and we stood next to some stuff. Supporters and got it. Said, oh, what's this good? He said, Well, it's 1-0 to Stoke, but this is your best side we've played this year. And <laughs> the abiding memory of the rest of the game was a, a battle between Gordon Banks and Kevin Randall. Kevin Randall was that day unplayable. And it was up against Mike Pedgick, who was an England mm. full. And he just had him on toast all afternoon. But um, I think Town equalised through Kev. And then Stoke got the winner. But how how we lost the game, I've no idea. Because it was Gordon Banks just produced quality save after quality save. Most of them stopped Randall. And uh, we came out the ground thinking, how the hell have we lost? But yeah, I was there. I was there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But uh, how how excited, Liam, uh, uh, are you from being able to to cover a, a game at the European Champions, including the team that you see? Week after week, and uh, um, you know, the first time in history Chesterfield have ever played the European champions. Yeah, it's going to be better than Dover, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I'd settle for our normal Dover result, a draw. <laughs> <laughs> no, on a, on a serious note, now I've uh, I've been looking forward to it for well, since the draw was made, like everybody else, probably. Um, just going to be a great occasion, isn't it? Just one to just to go and enjoy it. There's no no pressure. It's a free hit. You just hope that they don't get beat heavily because you mm-hmm. wouldn't want that to impact on yeah. the league 
Um, you know, 10 days later, they have a bit of recovery time for, for Maidenhead when they can go again. But you just won't want that to sort of be a hangover uh, for the next sort of few weeks after that. Um, also, with the first game that they've been involved in for, for VAR, which will be interesting. Yeah. I'm sure, uh, sure James Rowe will be happy about that because uh, the National League referees aren't really up to much, are they? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, no, absolutely. And uh, yeah, yes, it will be interesting on that. But still no timekeeper, JR. Sorry about that. You know, they play what they play. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, yeah, yeah it, it is one of those games that, regardless of the results, Stuart, that people will talk about for... For, for years to come um they don't with chesterfield they don't come along very often uh certainly no. in the FA cup uh, we've had a, we've had our moments in the league cup with liverpool mm. four fours and man city and uh, west ham and all that sort of thing played uh, um everton as well in a close match yeah. at goodison park so they've come along in the league cup but of course the bigger teams used to come in the second round there rather than mm. the third round as some of them do now uh but in the fa cup it's just been 97 apart, take that away. There's been naff all, really, for for, for everybody's mm. lifetime. So, certainly not in any of our lifetimes. I, I was doing a little bit of work earlier. I think we've played, over the last 100 years, we've played 25 teams from the first division in the FA Cup in that time. Um, and I think we've only lost about eight or nine at the very first attempt. You know, We've drawn quite a few of them. Uh, we won four at the first attempt when we were a second division side. Um, so, so it, it's not a bad record, you know, for a lower division team against first division premiership teams. Um, but as you say, it is some years, you know, beating Forest 1-0 doesn't quite carry the same memory, does it? I suppose, because no. we went on to the to the yeah. semi-final. Um, Excellent champions, though, Steve. Sorry? Forest. Yeah. Well, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's another team that's had their hands on the European Cup that have ended up coming out second best to us, like Glasgow Rangers. Have they ever won? No, they haven't won it, have they? No. Um, cup winners, cup, cup, cup. Are best they did, yeah. Mm. Um, but, you know, it it, it 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 doesn't get remembered very often because it doesn't happen very often in our lifetime, as you say. Uh, I suppose people that were about at the time would still talk about Chelsea, wouldn't they? Um, mm-hmm. you know, I, the, I, absolutely. The 50s, you know. And in the 30s, you know, we used. Mm. I mean, in the 30s, we famously brought Sheffield Wednesday back here and were four 0 up against them in the space of about 20 minutes, um, and that was talked about for a very long time afterwards. Um, yeah, and the, the Middlesbrough game before Chelsea in 49, 50 mm, people, yeah, uh, uh, who went to that said that was the best that they'd ever seen. Mm. Yeah, Just and the same season playing. we put Sunderland out as well, didn't we? Both of them on glue pots at Saltergate. Um, <laughs> But now yeah. uh, Middl- Middlesbrough, I think, were the favourites for the cup that year because back in the day, then whoever won the mm. league never used to win the cup. Mm. Uh, so there were there were first division teams that went for the cup, and Middlesbrough got Hardwick and Mannion and Co in the, mm. the the team at that uh, point as well. And I think it was a three-two victory, wasn't it? Chris Marin got a couple if I if I. Yeah. Um, yeah. One thing I've not I've, I've I've not I keep on meaning to have a look at, but I've not. If if there's anybody who's ever had a meaningful spell at Chesterfield and a meaningful spell at Chelsea as a player. And I can't really find anybody. There's been people like Reese Mitchell of late who were a Chelsea 17th team and played four games for Chesterfield. Mm. Uh, but there hasn't really been, I can't think of anybody meaningful over the uh, the years that's had a you know, a career with both Chelsea and Chesterfield or 
No, I, um, I, I think you're probably counting on the fingers of one hand the number of people who have played for both teams yes. over the years yeah. at first team level, certainly. I think there's a, there's a small link with uh, Manny Oyeleke, is there? I think he was in the Chelsea Academy. Yeah. When he was sort of really young, I think we're talking between sort of ages of nine to maybe 15 or something like that. So it'll be a special day for him as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, terrific. terrific. Uh, yeah, I suspect there's been more Chesterfield players supported Chelsea than they played for Chelsea. And there is a link to that very first game back in 1905 uh, at the moment because uh, uh, Martin Thacker, the vice chairman of the club, one of his yep. ancestors, Frank Thacker, played in that match. No, really? They were related. Oh, okay. But, yeah. uh, 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 I can't quite remember. You might know what it is, Stuart. I, I, there is a link. I don't know if it's a direct lineage of, of, of you know, great great grandfather or anything like that. But there's definitely a link between Martin Thacker and Frank, Frank Thacker. His grandfather's right? brother, I think. Something like that. Wow. Yeah. 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 So mm. there, there is a link with that very, very first uh, match. John Crute, the chief executive, has got a program from that match. Uh, from the 1905 match that he said over the years that the Mears family, who were the people who founded Chelsea, have tried to bite off him many times, which is always uh, <laughs> always told them uh, not to. <laughs> well, we, 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 we've talked about Chelsea. There's more to come, but uh, we'll be back with a little bit more of our ramblings here on the Sky is Blue podcast momentarily. <laughs> Well, welcome back to the Sky is Blue podcast. May Phil Tooley, the Stuart Bass and Daryl Carpenter, Paul Fisher and special guest Liam Norcliffe from the Derbyshire Times. We've been talking about Chelsea. Well, let's just talk about Chesterfield in the National League at the moment. 14 games unbeaten in all competitions. That's the longest run of any club in the top five divisions. Only one defeat all season. That's uh, nobody in the top six divisions can point to only one defeat. Well, Liam, it's been going all right, really, hasn't it? And... Uh, Hopefully, it'll continue in that way. Yeah, they're just they're just finding a way to win at the minute, aren't they? Well, for several weeks now, it's not been particularly pretty. But at the end of the season, if they win promotion, then no one's going to really care, and no one's probably going to really remember. They're, um, like I say, as we've already spoken about, they they need to be better in possession. That they, they they need to. I think James Rowe wants them to create more chances than, than, than they are doing. Um, but they're certainly not giving teams a, a sniff at the other end. You know, we're talking Scott Loach didn't have a save to make against Kings Lynn. And he's, he's probably the most protected goalkeeper in the National League, as have other goalkeepers before him under James Rowe as well, even the likes of Carl Leverett and, and, and people like that. They they very rarely faced a shot since, uh, since James Rowe's come in. So credit to them for that. Uh, they're in good shape. They're sort of getting players back from uh, from injury now. It's a shame to lose Jack Clark, which uh, is a blow mm. for him. You know, he probably might just make the end of the season potentially. Um, but they, you know, the likes of Lawrence McGuire and, and Luke Kroll, Asante, uh, they're they're all coming back. So it's just really you're looking at Carline, Hollis, and and Denton now, who are more of the the long term ones. But in general, the squad's certainly looking more healthier and. I, Sort of reading between the lines, it seems like James Rose really looking forward to 
not only the Chelsea game, but after that as well, using those 10 days to really sharpen up the team and really refresh it, ready to sort of hit the ground running against Maidenhead, which is which was one of those games they come unstuck uh, last season uh, on a tricky pitch, got a bit of a slope on it, and, and they really didn't turn up at all. And so I think that's sort of a game that he's really going to be uh, focusing on. Um, and it, the, the league table itself is just so... So tight, isn't it? I think, Phil, you put up a, a screenshot of the, the table this time last year when Torquay were top and yeah. they were, ten, were they 10 points clear, which just shows... 10 the, points clear, the teams below them have got a couple of games in hand, but yeah, 10 points clear. Well, 10 points will get you down to about ninth place at the moment, won't it? Mm. So if we, if, we, if we carry on like this, then it really is going to go down to uh, the last day and uh, squeaky bum time, as uh, Sir Alex <laughs> used to say. And just to add to what Liam was saying about the injury list, I know it's not an injury but an illness, but Danny Rowe's not likely to be back any time uh, uh, sooner rather than later. Daryl, you, you, you've been spending time at the club on a voluntary basis uh, uh, just lately. Do you do you get the feeling that this month, that with with the, the money that's coming in from the Chelsea game, that there may be a few bits of freshening up from a, bringing a fresh face in or two uh, this month? Um, that's a good point. Um I've heard nothing at all, so it, it, I'm purely speculating. I I think with the news on Danny Rowe, I I I reckon we're gonna. I, I'll be amazed if we don't have a dabble at another forward. Gabby's uh, had a hell of a workload on his own. I know Asante's coming back, but after the layoff he's had. Um, He's going to need weeks, and because we haven't got a reserve team or anything, it's difficult to give him the minutes. I don't think he'll send him on loan somewhere at this time of the year. I'd be amazed. I think he'll keep him in the house and play him a quarter of an hour here, an hour there, whatever is needed. Um, but we are thin. Payne hasn't really done it, as in all honesty. Um, I think without Danny Rowe, we're a, we're a little bit short and get one injury up top, God forbid, you know who, uh, you know, we would hit the buffers pretty quickly. So, uh, I mean, on a personal point of view, I've, and I've put this out on one or two things, I think I think he should have a look at Thavon Campbell and see if we can't tempt him away. Yeah, he's the lad who scored two for the mighty Woking, the only team yeah. to have uh, yeah. uh, all uh, the sparks this season. Well, I'm um, suggesting yeah. Michael Cheek, but for me, he's not a road type of player. He's he's 30, um, and he's been he's been down in the south his entire career. I don't think he's going to want to move up here at this stage. Um, Paul uh, does mention Stefan Payne there. Obviously, from a, a goal scoring perspective, um, it's been disappointing just that one penalty against Curzon Ashton. Uh, but when he was playing and starting at the start of the season, Chesterfield were playing their best, most expansive winning football. So has has it worked, not worked? Is, is he a Steve Fletcher sort of player that brings the best out of others without necessarily um, showing that himself? You know, has he been a failure? Has he been a success? Has he just been a mediocre sign? Oh, he's definitely been mediocre. Um, I wouldn't say he's... Um... He's performed to the best of his uh, his ability, really. I, I don't think um, he's been part of winning sides. Yeah, absolute. Um, of course, he had a what uh, the 
in the media thought that he had a, a man of the match performance against Barnet from that, but it's that's been his peak. You know, it's not really been anything else since since then. You know, I know we discussed this on the the last podcast and everything, but one goal return really is quite a disappointing, um, um, you know, return from him because you can't expect uh, Shimanga to do it all on on his own, and he has been. You know, now Shimanga has not scored since since Grimsby. I know we've only played twice, granted, but he's kind of not been provided the service for that because just mm. had only gone sort of one up front really and, and Payne's more of your sort of target man crosses in from the wings and he can't get in the side at the moment you know he's opting to play bolster the midfield rather than have an extra striker on you know so I mean obviously the circumstances around that does just James Rowe trust Stephen Payne you know to provide a, a, a 7 out of 10 performance every week to can keep him consistent um, well the answer's no isn't it right now mm. Yep, no, I think that's a, a, a fair summing up. Uh, but Stuart, we Liam alluded to the players that were coming back in. It was a, a, a nice, pleasant surprise to see Jeff King back in action against Kings Lane. Maguire and Khan, uh, Maguire and Kroll can't be far away as well. So you know, li, 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 there's going to be Touchwood twenty fit players, including two goalkeepers, around for the next uh, week or two. So that bit of injury crisis or a lot of injury crisis over the last six or eight weeks, couple of months, the team has done miracles to, to maintain where they are with that injury list. It certainly has. Um, that, that Liam said earlier, it, it's, uh, it's not a team that's been playing tremendously well and winning, but it has been finding results somewhere in the back of the cupboard when it needed one, you know? Um, and you need to have that kind of mix, don't you, of a team that can play well and sweep another team off the park. And, and when they come up against a side that doesn't let them do that, they can still nevertheless grind a result out, you know. And and, and we've got a team that does that at the moment. It, um, I, I, I think there will be strengthening in January. Um, and although we have a number of players returning from fitness, I wouldn't rule out seeing some of the fringe players moved on, possibly to make room for for other players. Um, I, I think it's essential that we do. We can't really stand still. Um, and we've got best part of two weeks in the middle of January, haven't we, to, to get people in after the Chelsea game and you know to give them a week, ten days with the squad um, and, and, and let them really find their feet before as we all hope we kick on when we start playing the, the proper stuff again. So in terms of fringe players, Stuart, who, who are you thinking about? The likes of Joe Rowley, uh, Jack, Jack McCourt. Um, obviously, Luke Kroll was only signed on a short-term contract. We don't know the exact details of mm. uh, of that. Nathan Tyson, but I'm not quite sure who's going to take a nearly 40-year-old uh, 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 on, on at this stage. Is, are they the sort of players that you're thinking about on the fringe side? Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I, I don't like naming names in case any of them happen to be listening. <laughs> it's not polite, <laughs> you know. Um, but, but you, you know, you look at the players who aren't involved at the moment, despite the fact that we've had an injury crisis, um, and they would be among your favourites to, to, uh, to you know, to be found another club, wouldn't they? Really. Um, mm. And Kroll, he's done well, hasn't he? When we've seen him, he's unlucky to get that injury, but. Is he one that you might be prepared to 
not extend a deal for if you needed the money for someone else. I don't know. I would hope not because I like what I've seen of him. You know, I think he'd be a better player for us in a division above as well. You know, no, I, I, I wouldn't argue with that uh, uh, absolutely at all. Very much so. And of course, yeah, Williams not involved at the the weekend against Chelsea because he he played for Solihull Moors in the uh, mm. earlier rounds of the FA Cup. But yeah, he's. He, he's Paul become one of those uh, players. Whilst you know he's, he's no Jeff King at right wing back, he can do a job at right wing back, um, and he can do a job at right centre back as well. And against a team like Chelsea, um, where you know if everybody was available for whatever reasons, you'd you'd probably want to play footballing centre backs, wouldn't you? With a uh, with a little bit more pace. Yeah, sort of bring the ball out of defence and and whatnot. Yeah, no, no, I, I agree with that. Um, yeah, he's, he's, I tell you what, Tyrone Williams the kind of player that Chesterfield should have had last year, you know, for that, that area. Because Fraser Kerr was, uh, he played, although he played regularly, he had that injury where he made a miraculous recovery and everything. But they had no cover other than Fraser Kerr. They're having to drop Jack McCourt back into a sort of right-back role. And, and Tyrone Williams would have been perfect. And he, he may, well, may have been the, that may have been the answer to us getting promoted last season, you see, Tyrone Williams. But, um He's been uh, no, he's done. He's done a job, and he? he's done. He's done really well. Um, yeah, I wouldn't say that right wing back is his his sort of favoured position. He, had a, he doesn't look like he particularly enjoys that 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 role. Um, but sort of right hand side of a back three, he seems to revel in, doesn't he? Him and Fraser Kerr are going to have a real battle towards the back end of the the season to uh, to see a who remains fit and who's in form. So that's a good smart move that from. Uh, and getting one from Solly Hull as well, you know they're going to be quite tall and big and strong, aren't they? So uh, I think it's a good move. Uh, and and Liam, you know now we can look back. There were quite a few results went Chesterfield's way over you know, after the Kings Lynn game, no question about that. But just how important was that Jack Clark goal against Halifax, 85th minute against your closest rivals in the in the table, which would have made quite a difference at the top. We were talking about just finding something from somewhere. It was deserved, and Pete Wilde, the Halifax manager, was gracious in in saying that, even though it came mm. relatively late. But just how important was that goal? Yeah, I think I think it was vital more to not just get Chesterfield a point, but just to stop Halifax getting getting all three basically and carrying on their momentum. Because uh, you know, for me, they were definitely the best team that Chesterfield have, have faced this season and, and played some really good stuff in that first half. And, and like I say, Pete Wilde was quite gracious in saying that they just edged it when in fact they, they were definitely more than edged it. They were, they were definitely on top in that, in that first half. And it sounds like they did something similar against Grimsby yesterday where they just couldn't get that second goal and then they couldn't hold on uh, toward, towards the end. Uh, yeah, but yeah, on, on that performance, you'd expect Halifax to, uh, to go to go uh, to go close maybe if they get injuries maybe squad depth with the the, the small budget that, that they've got there might uh, mean they come on uh, come on stuck uh, but just to go back to the sort of uh, you know the, the transfer dealings I, I think one position that I'd like to see them strengthen is central midfield as well just because when Oyeleki gets injured or he doesn't play I think there's a real sort of that is a weak a weak area. He, they don't look the same team when he doesn't play. So for me, that would that would be uh, an area that I would look at. Uh, and also, if you, if you want him to be a bit more front foot, want to be 
be a bit more attacking. You know, or you're like in Western, do you need do you need those two at home to a, a Kingsley or a Dover? You know, can you just play one of them and 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 go with a bit more attacking? As much as I like Kellerman, he uh, I like him a little bit further forward at the minute in those number ten positions because his his energy and his pressing is just phenomenal. So mm. I thought he he made a real difference actually in that second half against Halifax when he dropped a little bit deeper alongside uh, Oyeleki. But yeah, that, that would certainly be an area for me. Just Oyeleki brings so much class and control to that midfield that you just feel that with his injury problems, if he went missing at the back end of the season, then, that, then it might cost them dearly. So I think that would certainly be an area for me where they should be looking to strengthen as well. Yeah, and and I agree with you with the the, the Western Oyeleki sort of thing. I I I love Khan playing further back because he can run facing the goal rather than start off with his back to go and have to turn. I like I like Khan when he's uh, r- running forward, but but Western's just sort of carved out a little niche, hasn't he, as that mm. protector in front of the uh, back line that he does really really well indeed. There's no uh, no no doubt about that. But King and, and Miller, when they're on form, Paul, down the, the, the flanks, you know, there's there's not many teams in the National League can can match their energy. And you know, King is still, even with that injury, is still the top um, assist or in the Chesterfield team this season. Yeah, he, he, um, he doesn't like to attack mainly on the outside. He likes to cut inside with the ball. And that allows, uh, say, for example, Williams the other day to go on the overlap. Um, Miller himself is more of a natural winger, isn't he? He likes to attack the fullback. He came across a very good fullback, didn't he, on against Halifax, um, whose name's just escaped me. I yeah, think the lad who was the youngster at Man United that they saw. Yeah, he was. He was. Yeah, he was one of the best to uh, to come this season. I just see that Altrincham was sold their right back uh, Joel Senior to Carlisle United for eighteen months on undisclosed fee. So uh, he played quite well. As well, but uh, no Miller. I think Miller and, and King have really supplemented this this side uh, going forward, and um, we've just got to make sure that um, they keep them injury free. Um, obviously, um, coming into this uh, this big game, um, although Liam's team has dropped Miller, I, I'd, I'd play him in particular, but um, uh, for for Saturday. But um, I think they've been really valuable. Additions to uh, to the starting eleven. Yeah, Tyrrell Warren was the uh, the Halifax. That's right, uh, that's it. Yeah, right, right, right. had an excellent game, an absolutely excellent mm. game. You'll have been checking the rules, I'm sure, Liam. Uh, uh, so yeah, we we're going into this VAR world and everything. Nine subs named, and and can you use five? Is it? Yeah, five. That's right. So uh, maybe uh, an opportunity, depending on how the game's going, for someone. Nathan Tyson could be his last ever appearance. In the FA Cup, you know, he plans on retiring at the end of the season, so he might be his, his uh, fond farewell to the uh, to the FA Cup. Might get some minutes for someone like Jack McCourt, Stefan Payne, who have um, not featured, uh, and met, or maybe even a youngster. You know, why not give? You got nine substitutes. Why not? Why not give a, an academy player, even if you've got no intention of bringing him on just just for the the experience just a, a reward for someone who perhaps is showing signs of potentially breaking through what I mean, what an experience that would be for for someone in the academy well Curtis Weston uh, got his chance as a 17 year old in the FA Cup final for Millwall against Manchester United mm. he still holds the mm. record for the English Cup final uh, uh, player so 
Okay, let's let's start thinking what what we what the outcome will be at Stamford Bridge at the the weekend. Who shall I who shall I be cruel and start off with, Daz? Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, obviously, so much will depend on what what side Chelsea select to go into this uh, game, whether it's first team hybrid first team in reserves reserves hybrid of reserves and under 23s or under 23s it could be any one of those and nobody would be surprised with any of those combinations so uh, um you know i'm sure we'll all say that we think chesterfield will give a good account of themselves but are, are they going to keep it to a sensible score line are they going to give chelsea some trouble are they going to be still in the game on 75 minutes what, what what's that old phrase it's the hope that kills you because uh, now three days out from the game or whatever it is, four days out from the game we all know we're going to take a game and we're quite happy to accept that but when we wake up on Saturday morning and we start the, the journey down to London just for an hour or two we'll start thinking well you know we might just and get this and get the first goal and they have a man sent off and because that's football, isn't it? It's the hope that keeps us going. Sounds um, familiar as well, a bit Old Trafford story, that, isn't it? <laughs> well, mm. I just, I just hope we score. Uh, I'd love to see six thousand spirites going berserk at Stamford Bridge. Uh, I'd like it to be a meaningful goal. In other yes. words, not when we're six nil down or something. <laughs> but uh, I think, I think we'll come away with some honour. I really do. Uh, a narrow one-goal defeat, I think it could be. Paul, do you um, think that's about right? Well, I think it'll be a draw and we lose on penalties. Is there extra time as well, Liam? Is it there is straight into extra yes. time? Yes. Yeah, extra time and penalties. Replays have been uh, scrapped, haven't they, to uh, avoid a, fi- uh, a con- fixture congestion and relating to COVID, etc. So, yeah, straight to uh, extra time and penalties. So, could be a, a late dash to the trains, to the coaches, <laughs> the fans. Yeah, yeah, well. But, yeah, I, 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 I agree with Darren. I think it'll be pretty close. And, uh, you know, regardless of what team that they play, because you're not going to tell me that every one of these international players of Chelsea is going to think that they'll not be able to beat Chesterfield at half cock. And that could well be their, uh, their undoing, Stuart. Indeed, yeah, uh, and it's, it's been the undoing of every um, big club that's come up against a minnow, as I suppose we must cast ourselves at the moment, um, and and got and left red faced, you know, um, and it happens, doesn't it? And it happens for those reasons, as you say, teams get underestimated, teams think they can go along, you know, you think of dear old Brian Roy when he came here with Nottingham Forest took one look mm-hmm. at our dressing rooms and decided to get changed <laughs> on the bus well you know if you've got big time charlies like that in your team you don't stand a chance really yeah uh, I, I i remember uh interviewing ernie moss uh ahead of the 4-4 liverpool league cup game because of course he played in uh 80 when we mm-hmm. when we played liverpool when they were really at the top of their uh their game and alan birch scored that crackerjack of a of a, of a goal and uh, Ernie said, oh, yeah, we walked into the dressing rooms and he says it was nothing like Saltergate. And the first thing he said is, we had a peg each. <laughs> <laughs> so that's how it was. Uh, that's how it was 40 Fantastic. years ago. I, yeah. I, I think they might have sort of a, a, an individual jacuzzi each or something at, uh, well, at yeah. Chelsea. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
But yeah, it, it, it is such a difference. The, the European champions have never lost to a non-league team in in the FA Cup. No, no European champions, English European champions, have ever done that. So it would be nice to to to, to get that uh, record. Liam, do you do you, uh, you know, do you agree with what the rest of us think that it, it's it's going to be a proud day for Chesterfield, whatever? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I just can't wait to see the uh, you know the away end six thousand. Chesterfield fans, a half five kickoff. So let's just say they might be uh, well, well oiled. They might have uh, they might have had a few, uh, and obviously uh, experiencing uh, the safe standing. You know the the rail seats for the first time as well. I think that will add to the atmosphere. I hope just people uh, you know respect those who want to sit as well and respect each other. Um, but it's, it's going to be a great occasion. Um, I just hope it doesn't pass the team by as well. I just hope they. They give everything that they've got and they don't come off the, yeah. the pitch wishing that they'd ran a little bit more or made that pass or had that shot, um, you know, just to have no regrets. Um, my heart's saying that they'll take it to extra time, uh, but my head's saying it might be 3-1, 4-1. But I, I've got a sneaky feeling that they'll score. Yeah, yeah, I, 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 hope, I hope they do score because I've... I've got a few uh, a few pound notes on us at 70, 70 to one for Chesterfield to win, but I've not checked the niceties, but I suspect that's a ninety minute win, not an extra time win. Yeah, I'd settle for not winning in bet and winning in extra time. <laughs> to, be, yeah, to be absolutely fair. So, have any of you guys been to Stamford Bridge before? Mm-hmm. No. no. Yeah. Dad, you you'll put your hand up. Yes, I have. Uh, my my lad. For some god only known reason, is a Wednesday night, and when he was a lad, I uh, I treated him to be the match day mascot, and you went in a draw pre-season, and and we unfortunately drew him to be the mascot away at Chelsea, and uh, Ken, Ken Bates was the only chairman in the in the league at that time who wouldn't let the uh, the mascot and his carer go for free, so we had to pay full price. And uh, it was uh, it was when they were rebuilding Stamford Bridge. Actually, the West Stand was partially being rebuilt, and mm. where we're going to be on Saturday, the Shed End was not built at all. It was still behind blue hoardings. But yeah. they had invalid carriages all the way around the outside. Yeah, of the ground, not, quite that, not quite that. Bad. Yeah, that was the first time I went there. Was um, yeah. uh, I think. I, went there for some reason to see Arsenal play there and they won 2 0 and I got there so early that I was like the round. F- um and I remember distinctly being sat on the concrete terracing with the sun shining, listening to um, Terry Jack's seasons in the sun being on the channel. I've just got that kind of snapshot memory in my mind of it, you know? Um God would it be about seventy two, seventy three, something like that, I suppose. Yeah, mm. uh, yeah. Well, f- f- funny you should uh, mention seasons. I, I, I've got memories of Warfy singing seasons of the sun. I'll not tell you the lyrics that he used, but mm. uh, and an away game at Chester, one of the very first away games I went to, seventy five, seventy six season. I just remember Warfy standing there, pre wheelchair days for him, singing uh, Terry Jack's seasons in the sun. So, mm. uh, which of course there's a song written by the Belgian Jacques Brel, and there will be a smattering of belgian spy rights there at the weekend unless oh, uh, excellent. the tunnel gets closed or something but my, my my first visit to chelsea was one of those bizarre matches when people say what's 
what bizarre matches have you been to? I went for to a friendly there. It, it was in the autumn time. It wasn't a pre-season friendly. Uh, and it was the 30th of an anniversary of when they played Moscow Dynamo in a very famous 1948 uh -huh. pre-season or friendly, end of season friendly, I think it was. So I, I went to Chelsea versus Moscow Dynamo in 1978 i think it was a 2-2 draw i went away thinking it was a 3-2 but i read in the london standard the next day that the third goal <laughs> had been disallowed for offside but uh, in all the mayhem uh, i didn't I, I hadn't spotted that there was no social media to tell you these things and all that and then i uh, um i went to an fa cup quarter final game there just for just to go when they played spurs stood on the shed end that just before it got ripped down that was mm. uh, 881-2, I think, season. That was interesting. Spurs won 3-2. And, uh, yeah, we had to find a safe passage through to wherever we were going next. <laughs> and I was uh, I was there. I was doing commentary on Hallam FM for the match when Steen scored right on 90 minutes to relegate Sheffield United yeah. uh, on the day that there was the turnaround match at Everton against Wimbledon with the alleged money changing hands with goalkeepers and things uh, uh, on that day. So I think, I think if I'm right, this will be the fourth time I'll have, uh, I'll have been, and they've all been pretty memorable games. So let's hope this one goes in the uh, echelons of pretty memorable games. So uh, there, there, there you go. So we're all really looking forward to it. It's a pleasure to be able to uh, talk about it in advance and, um, yeah, I just hope that, that that all of the people who didn't manage to get tickets do manage to uh, to see or listen to the game in a in a way that that suits them. Because I think Paul, it is on the red button, isn't it? And, uh, yeah, all sorts yeah. Of and Bob. So if, 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 if it's a sport website as well. So. Yeah, whether you can watch that overseas or not, I'm not quite sure. But mm. certainly, uh, our Ukrainian spy writer says it's on Ukrainian television. There's one or two in America saying it's on American television. So. If you're listening out there in the world, it's probably on somewhere. If you uh, get down to number 137 or 366 on your dial, uh, looking forward to it. So anyway, it's been a Chelsea special. I've been Phil Tooling. We've had Paul Fisher, Daryl Carpenter, Stuart Bass, and special guest Liam Norcliffe from the Derbyshire Times talking about it. And hopefully next time we'll be discussing the Sky Blue podcast. Hope you've enjoyed our special and we'll speak to you next time. And if you like this podcast, then don't forget to subscribe. Please rate and review us on Spotify, Apple and Google Podcasts and many of your favourite podcast providers.